This episode of Unreasonable Doubt is sponsored by Podcorn. What is Podcorn? Well, are you a podcaster? If you are, you do it for fun. You also maybe want to make some money doing it. The tough part is finding sponsors. And if you've done a podcast, you know that can be interesting. Podcorn's making it easy, and I found it easy by using Podcorn. It's a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Podcorn, there's no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform. I did it. Set their own rates. I did it. And collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. I'm doing that right now. Click the link in my show notes to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. Podcorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie Brown is doing the chop, baby. Oh, no. What is this, 1984? I just rambled for 20 minutes and deleted it. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello. Oof. That's a good oof. From the Dyer Prime Pantry in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 26, Oklahoma State. Follow me on Instagram at UnreasonableDoubtWV. Twitter. Tweeting on Twitter. Find those tweets at I'm Josh Witt. Facebook, you know. Podcast page for Unreasonable Doubt on Facebook. Find it. Hit the blue thumb. Follow the podcast there. Merch link in the show notes. Click the link. Buy the merch. The losing streak is over. Thank goodness. It was looking sketchy there for a while. West Virginia wins. They're on a one-game winning streak. Beating Oklahoma State at home in a funky game. It was a funky one. 65-47. And there was a lot going on in this game. And it started at the beginning. Huggins shook up the lineup. Out. Jordan McCabe and Derek Culver. In. Taz Sherman and Deuce McBride. Did that work? Not really. (laughs) They came out and got outscored by Oklahoma State 10 to 8 in the first six and a half minutes before Huggins started making substitutions. It didn't get better from there. Oklahoma State pushed the lead to 10, had a very sad face as I was watching, contemplating what can I do, and I have no impact on what's happening in the Coliseum, but what can I do in my home in Nitro to help switch things up a little bit? Do I need to take a very long walk with my dog and just not pay attention to the game? Like, the game needs me to not pay attention to it in order for WVU's luck to turn around. Because I don't think I've DVR'd any games this year. I've watched every game live. This is is new territory for me. It's not good for my stomach. It's not good for my life expectancy. But I'm doing that. So I was like, maybe I need to take a walk. 
step away from the game. Maybe I need to sit in a different spot on the couch. Maybe I do not need to talk to the screen. Maybe I just need to be quiet. Maybe I need to put sunglasses on inside and watch the game with sunglasses on. Maybe I need to get a cup of milk and a cup of chocolate milk and a cup of strawberry milk and drink one after the other and not the same flavor twice until all the milk is gone. You know, the things that you contemplate when you're trying to get your team out of a three-game losing streak. So (laughs) Oklahoma State had that 10-point lead for a good part of the first half. Then Taz Sherman, who... Scored a lot of points in the last game when it didn't count. Scored five points when they needed them. After starting the game cold. Went for the heat check three. Missed it. That's okay. Oklahoma State pushes the lead with free throws back out to eight. Four seconds left. Got to go to the length of the floor. Now, typically with four seconds, you throw it in. Somebody dribbles a few times. Gets as close as they can to the basket. Probably not going to get that close. And then shoot the ball. It's going to be a weird shot, and it goes in, or most likely you miss it. And West Virginia's down eight. Instead, very interesting chain of events. In a a gut-wrenching way, West Virginia takes the ball out of bounds, throws it near the sideline about half court, a little before half court. Oklahoma State... Deflects it, goes out of bounds, but West Virginia gets to advance the ball. So you're taking it out close to half court. Try to throw it in. Can't throw it in successfully. Goes out of bounds. Get a little bit closer. Time is running off as this is happening. Throw it in again. Gets deflected again. (laughs) Three deflections, but the ball keeps moving closer to the rim. So now you're down to 0.7, 0.8 seconds. West Virginia throws it in to Haley. He takes a moving three-point shot before the buzzer, makes it, and it's only three points, right? West Virginia wins by 18. Who's to say West Virginia doesn't win by 15 if that shot doesn't go in? And it was one of those weird ones where it's hanging around the rim, multiple bounces off of things before it decides to go in. But that shot felt good. (laughs) It's something that West Virginia desperately needed, those five or six bounces and it go in. Because while it's just three points, it felt like a big difference. And so now... What that three-point shot at the end of the first half has anything to do with what happens at the beginning of the second half, it's hard to quantify that. But what I can tell you is West Virginia came out strong in the second half. And another thing that helped, as they were going through the locker room, the TV jinx, the TV graphic jinx they put on the screen, Oklahoma State this year is... 350 and only lost one time when they lead at halftime. And 350 is an exaggeration. It was more than 10. So the jinx was on because obviously that one loss was going to become two losses after that. And West Virginia comes out and 
<laughs> they outscore Oklahoma State 20-4 to in the first 11 minutes of the second half, and they don't look back. Oklahoma State, like I mentioned, leading most of the first half, made a ton of shots. Shots with hands in the face. Uh, some shots that were uncontested. They ended up with the first half shooting 62%. Second half, and this is very tough to do, Oklahoma State shot 17%. Big difference between 62 and 17 by my math. And West Virginia played better defense, and Oklahoma State uh, didn't shoot as well, in this expert's opinion. <laughs> but the good tonight, Derek Culver responded well to not starting. Not great in the first half. Second half, Huggins started Culver. And defensively, especially, and rebounding, Culver was a difference in the second half. He was blocking shots, shut down McGriff. It was great. So Culver, eight rebounds the last two games combined versus Kansas and Baylor tonight. 10 rebounds. Oscar with 15 rebounds. Oscar had zero turnovers. He had six turnovers in the last two games. Taz Sherman made some shots in the first half and early second half. And then like wrestling, he tagged his tag team partner, Shot Robot. All the wires are sound. No virus. Ran the Norton. Everything's good. And Sean McNeil came out second half making shots. Pull-up shots. Drive to the rim shots. Playing good defense. Shot Robot with 11 tonight. Him and Deuce led the team in scoring. Team effort on scoring. And they didn't score a lot, right? They only scored 65. But outside shots went in when the game was on the line. And that hasn't happened in a few games, and we all know that. So, Huggins changed the starters. He's probably going to change them again. He might go with this lineup against TCU. Maybe one big guy. But the way Culver played in the second half, it makes me think that Culver's going to be back in the starting lineup. Taz stays in the starting lineup. Deuce stays in the starting lineup. And maybe Matthews sits down because Matthews, while he started and he had a, a drive to the rim in the first half, half and a left-handed dunk, was active around the rim when he played. Not a lot of minutes. So maybe Matthew sits this time. Or maybe Sherman goes back to the bench, but one of the first guys in plays substantial minutes. Who's to say? We'll find out next game. Uh, Huggins, he changed the starters. He also shortened the bench. Only 10 guys played tonight, which seems low. (laughs) Seems like two or three low. No Napper, no Logan. McCabe, on a McCabe watch here, McCabe only had four minutes tonight, did not score. By far the lowest minutes he's he's logged in a game this season. So we got to watch. We got to watch. It's a Jordan watch, right? But Jermaine Haley, really good game. All the way around, Huggins kept Haley and Deuce out on the floor in this shortened rotation. They both had over 30 minutes in the game. 
again, it's only 65 points. We shot a lot of threes because Oklahoma State threw a zone at us, and we didn't do a good job rebounding out of the zone, and we tried to shoot over it and didn't do well. So it's not like we're great on offense all of a sudden. We were 2 of 16 from 3. But West Virginia needed this win. If you lose this game, then you've lost four in a row and the next two games are on the road where you haven't had success. You got to win this game. And West Virginia won this game, thank goodness. I had very sad faces. I thought maybe, you know what? I think I have an ulcer. I don't think I have an ulcer. It just felt that way. I was very sick to my stomach for a lot of the first half because Oklahoma State has had success in Morgantown, and I was putting the pieces together on how (laughs) my mind went down the path. I feel like I've been very positive with this team this season versus all the negativity last year. The negativity creeped in in the first half. Like, oh, no. This is actually happening. <laughs> we're actually we're actually going to do a like a like a full blown collapse to end the season, and Huggins is going to say things like "I'm going to fix it again," or "I don't." I only told you I'd fix it. If now I can't fix it, now I got to go. Like those things were going through my head again in the first half. Instead, they turn it around. West Virginia is now three and three this month. They're five hundred. They're seven and six in conference, so they're above 500 in the conference, sole, uh, solely in fourth place. And Huggins all time has tied Dean Smith for sixth most wins in NCAA history. Now, Huggins wins at Walsh College, which is not Division I, those count. So if you look at list of guys uh, of, excuse me, not guys, coaches that have coached college basketball, there's a there's a number of guys above Huggins that didn't coach Division One, but somehow Huggins is sixth, but he hasn't. All of his wins are not Division One, and the guys above him, some of them obviously are all Division One, like Jim Beheim and Bobby Knight, and Coach K. I'm not a Coach K fan. (laughs) I'm not a detractor either. But the show, Coach K, the Duke head coach, he's got 270-ish more wins than Bob Huggins. And he's still going with no signs of stopping. It's crazy, but congrats to Coach Huggins. Coach Huggins, uh, Coach Huggins does not care about this win total. <laughs> he feels uncomfortable, you know, because the in the after the game press conference, is like, so Bob, you tied Dean Smith. You got any good Dean Smith stories? He's like, uh, uh, yeah, I hung out with him <laughs> at a basketball camp, and he, he was nice. <laughs> he doesn't. I I really don't think he cares about it and feels uncomfortable talking about it and did not break out a great Dean Smith story. Dean Smith, if you're not familiar with his work, he coached uh, a guy called Michael Jordan. 
So that's that's his thing. And he won a national championship with Huggins or with Huggins. With he did not win a championship with Coach Huggins. Dean Smith won a national championship with uh Michael Jordan. He might have won another one. I don't remember. His name's on the court there at uh, Chapel Hill. So anyways, congrats to Huggins. West Virginia, one game winning streak. Random thoughts coming up. Dire Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. You know, I walk down the street and walk around town and walk you know, outside, and people come up to me, strangers, and they're like, excuse me, sir, where can I find a place to get something embroidered? And this has happened all my life. This isn't just recently. And so in the past, when I've, and I don't know what's on my face that makes somebody approach me and say that, you know, where can I get something embroidered? In the past, I haven't had an answer. I do have an answer now. I tell people, go to Dyer Prime. They can embroider stuff for you. You need initials put in a towel, they can do that. You have a logo that you want embroidered on a hat, they can do that. Call or text them to find out more. 304-767-4445. Find them on the web at DyerPrime.com, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com. Or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dyer Prime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. I'm an old person, okay? So that's going to inform the question I'm about to ask you. What is Venmo? How does the Venmo work? I think money's involved with Venmo. Also, my limited understanding is that it involves communicating with people. And I guess you can communicate with people with money in that I give you money and that communicates that I want you to provide a service. Or somebody has paid for a service and I owe them money for that service, thus I give that person money. And I guess Venmo is like you do that on the internet through your phone, but also tell the world that you're paying somebody money? Help me understand it. You know, I'm hip. I know what the kids are doing, and, you know, the kids Venmo each other. Hey, did you see where I Venmoed somebody? I feel like somebody said that. Listen. I'm a recent graduate from the iPhone SE to the iPhone 7. And both of those technologies offered something called Apple Pay. And Apple Pay is amazing. I think it's linked to my checking account. I don't want to get into finances too much. But basically, I can press an Apple and then choose a dollar amount and send that dollar amount in a text to another person that has an Apple phone. And then they receive it. But there's no words with it. It's just I I pick the dollar amount and I send it to them. And then I can, I guess, send a text after that saying, hey, there's that money I owe you, right? 
And it works the same way. Somebody can give me money through the Apple Pay if they have an Apple product. And of course, as I've told you, I have an Apple product. But if somebody has uh, the the Android, the Google phone, they can't send. They can't press an Apple. They don't have an Apple. So how can you give me money that's not paper or coin? I guess you send it to me through what the PayPal. Do you send it? I I heard this very secure the PayPal. I'm guessing. I guess. If you've got the Google phone, how do you send me money on the Apple phone? Is that what kids do with the Venmo? And adults? There's also a cash app where instead of the at symbol, again, limited understanding, you can find me at dollar sign Josh Witt, and I don't have that, but that's an example. What is it? And why do I need to tell the world about it? And I've had limited explanations of what the Venmo is, and it doesn't involve you. Not necess- You don't necessarily have to tell the world that you're paying somebody $8 to pay them back because you rented ice skates last week. Right? And I'm, believe me, I don't have cash in my wallet. I haven't had cash. I haven't steadily had cash in my wallet uh, since the late 90s. Okay. Now I have that card that I can go to. Do kids use this anymore? An ATM? You can go to the ATM and give your card, and then you can get money out of the machine. And then a piece of paper comes out and says, all right. You're taking this much out of your account. Now here's here's how much is in your account. And now you just Venmo somebody. (laughs) But at the ATM, it's a one-person transaction, one person to one machine. Only you, theoretically, are looking at the screen. You know, there's words and numbers and stuff, but it's just between you and the computer. It's not between you and the person you're getting money from or establishment and the or the world i just don't want the world involved in my fin- in my finances is what i'm saying and i press the apple button it's just between me and another person in theory i guess I, all that being said i don't want to do venmo in a complete change of subject big announcement today Best Virginia, the West Virginia University alumni team with all your favorites, John Flowers, Deshaun Butler, Kevin Jones, Jawan Staten, Devin Williams, and all those guys, they're running it back. The announcement today, they're going to be in the TBT again. Even better news, they're going to be a host site. And that's not in Morgantown. It's close to Nitro, West Virginia. Best Virginia will be hosting TBT games July 24th through 26th at the Charleston Civic Center. And again, showing my age, I don't think they call it that anymore, but I will always be the Charleston Civic Center to me. And if they win, it's winner take all. You got to win six games and then you win, I think, $2 million, which would be awesome. But Close to my house, this team is going to be 
trying to win games to win millions of dollars. And so I can't wait for that. I'm going to wait for the WVU basketball season ends to get into the TBT stuff, but just mark it on your calendar. July 24th through 26th. Tickets are on sale now. Let's show up at the Civic Center and root on the best Virginia team. All right? And if you need a ticket and you have an Apple computer, just let me know. And then I can get the ticket for you, and then you can Apple pay me. But if you have a Google phone, I can't get a ticket for you. I'm not offering to get tickets to people. But theoretically, if you're like, Josh, I don't know how to use the internet, and I can't get tickets, but I want one, I'll hit the Apple button. Then I'd be like, cool, I accept Apple button. But if he's like, hey, bro, I'll Venmo you, I would say, I'm sorry you can't go. Final thoughts coming up. Promanti Brothers is a proud sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. They're your go-to brothers on game day and every day. Late night deals start daily at 9 p.m. Great deals on fan favors, including wings, those awesome sandwiches, and more. Check out with the brothers on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram for the latest deals, most up-to-date news, and info on game day specials. Permanti Brothers, your college game day headquarters. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. The next game for WVU comes Saturday, 2 p.m., ESPNU road game West Virginia plays Texas Christian University the good news West Virginia beat TCU in Morgantown by 32 last month this was back when TCU was undefeated in conference play they lost their first conference game to WVU that day and since then TCU has went 2-6 and in conference and mixed in a loss to Arkansas. So they just beat Kansas State over the weekend. They're playing Texas tomorrow. So they could be playing off of a two-game winning streak just like Oklahoma State did. I think I added an extra syllable to Oklahoma. And West Virginia, just based on recent history, pretty good against teams coming in with a two-game winning streak. Also, and if you're new to the podcast and you're new to college basketball, let me just give you a warning of what you're going to see if you watch the game on Saturday. I mean, you're going to see basketball. You're going to see people play. You're going to see indifferent fans. But what you is what's going to hit you in the face is the stupidest court design ever invented. And I'm sure I'll talk about it in the next episode. But that's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Google Podcast, CastBox. I'm not going to ask you to do anything else. Just listen on one of the platforms. All right? Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2019-2020 season. 19 wins, 7 losses.